Welcome to the Educate US podcast with your host, Nick Saveri, Dr. Stacy Schultz, and Dr. Patrice Fenton. Three former teachers and administrators talking about a wide range of topics happening in education. Time to educate us. Thank you, of course, for listening to the Educate US podcast. Um, you know, it's an interesting, obviously, usually at the start, you know, we go into greetings, how we're all doing, how to engage with the show, and it's all there. You know, we try to include some of these things in our show notes. You know, but today we're, it's not just today, it's it's been the week for us. Um, you know, Patrice, Stacey, and I, you know, this week are dealing with, dealing with a loss of a friend. And, you know, while difficult, we, we talked about, you know, how do we potentially use this platform as a way to, ex- to extend the conversation, to bring not just listeners sort of under the tent a little bit to this for us, but really to, you know, broaden this conversation out to others who, who experience moments like this. Um, it's funny, as I'm saying all this, I'm recalling another uh, school, another district actually, where an instructional specialist had lost her husband. You know, there is always this theme of in this work that we do that's so passionate as educators that, and it makes the, the role unique because when we talk about the role of being a teacher or a leader, it's not a job, it's a calling. It's what you do. And as most people always joke about, it's not clearly it's not about the money, right? But you devote so much of yourself to it. And in doing so, the relationships that you form run deep, it becomes an extension of your family. So when you do experience loss, it is not in the same sense of, you know, oh, well, someone from my work passed away. Very often, it's someone you're very close to. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, not even a couple of years ago, if you ever look at Gallup's Q12 survey, there's a question on it, which if, if anyone's ever looked at the assessment for employee engagement that Gallup uses, one of the questions there is the question of, do you have a best friend at work? Many people always look at that question as being a, a strange thing to ask in employee engagement, but most of the data will tell you that there's a strong correlation between those who feel like they have a best friend at work and those who choose to stay in the, in the work that they do. I've always said that as a member of the organization, Stacy has served that for me, but for many in our organization and many places, you know, there's always someone or multiple people that serve in that role for you. And in education, that's maybe more so than anywhere else. You know, while we may sometimes live in silos in our classrooms, you know, in those opportunities that we get a chance to be with our colleagues, it is always something deeper than the quote unquote work that we do. It's a calling as always, as I always say. And this is a long and potentially clumsy way of saying that our conversation today is centered around us being together. Um, you know, full disclosure, you know, I'm looking at Patrice, you know, on camera. This is the first time she and I've talked, you know, since we've heard this tragic news earlier this week. And my hope today, and Stacey and I have had numerous conversations. We were fortunate enough to share a drive together earlier this week. So we've had a chance to connect personally. Um but the space really today is for us to share what's in our mind, what's in our heart, um, and invite all of the folks in the education world to, to be a part of a, a conversation. What happens when someone you hold near and dear to you is gone? 
Um, that's the word I was that was used for me when I learned of our friend's passing earlier this week. The concept, the word, he's gone. Um, so considering that, Patrice, I'll go to you first. You know, when we think about grief, what is what is your relationship? And I ask this in two ways. The first way being internally what comes up for you, but also externally. What do people typically experience from you? And I ask that second one only because I think sometimes we're, it's a way of, I guess, sort of letting the world know, like, what can you expect when I'm in that moment? Um, so I'm asking you to go from sort of the inside to the outside. Yeah, I, I, you know, grief is just one of those things that is just like with a lot of things, it's very, very personal experience. Um, so oftentimes I'm in the seats just because of my nature of considering where other people are and how other people are. Um, so I don't know, I may be answering your question in the inverse way, but I'm, 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 I'm constantly making space for other people to process in the ways that they need to, and also looking out for, um, how it might show up so that I can be a safe place to land for folks if need be. Um, and then while in that also recognizing how it shows up for me. So for me, I, um, uh, as I may have mentioned on our program here, I'm a deeply spiritual woman. So for me, I lean into my spiritual practice um, to navigate grief. Um, there's like, a, I'm thinking two sides, but it's probably more than two. Um, there's one where it's like the physical loss, right? So um, grappling with like, there was this thing that was here and then now it's not. There was this person that was here and now it's not. Because I also want to name that grief. We think of it often in terms of the death of a person, but it also happens with, with other things when we, with loss in general, right? Significant loss. So we lose a job, we lose, you know, a friend, they haven't transitioned, but, you know, maybe we're not friends anymore. Grief can show up in a lot of different ways. So um, so there's that physical loss part. Um, but then for me in the spiritual uh, tip, there's the understanding that energy never dies, that it just transforms, it transitions. And so that's where I find my peace. You know, the physical loss part of it is the the tough part because it's like, it's almost, it's disorienting for me. It's like, wait. And so in our case, this this person who was uh, dear to us, I, at least on the, the Zoom screen, I just saw him the other day. And you're saying what? It's it's very, yeah. And so it, the, the thing for me is I recognize and I, I really grappled with this with the loss of my grandmother and my aunt whose home I live in now, the grief happens in waves, you know? So there'll be times where I find peace with it and there are times where I'm like just dumbstruck by it. And I just learn to embrace all of those moments. And if I need to take a moment, I take a moment. And if I'm good, I embrace the good, um, but just sort of ride that wave as best as I can um, and lean into the knowledge that, um, you know, energy, it's, it's, it's there. And then trying to also lean into the, the legacy of if it is indeed a person, the legacy that the person has left behind. Stacy, I'll go, just go into you. Same question. You know, grief is uh, something 
I continue to explore in just so many dynamics, dynamic ways. I think grief and loss, whether it's um, the loss of someone or a more ambiguous loss, as um, Patrice was kind of more speaking to, I'm fascinated by it because it's something that's so human, right? We're all connected to it in some way. We have every single one of us, whether it's, you know, this, this ambiguous loss of, of even growth, right? Moving through different stages where we're letting go of certain things, or if it's like losing something we love or someone we love, or, you know, it, it's, it's so real for a lot of us. And in many ways, right, and in, in particularly in America, talking about our feelings or recognizing, like even physiologically, what grief and loss does to us is something that we don't always make a space for or have words for or or know how to explore. So I I've been doing well personally, I have experienced a lot of loss. Of, of people in my life um, and have been on these uh, on the grief journey for a long time. Um, and, you know, I learned something new about it each time I go through it, know something new about myself even. And, and more recently, I've been really interested in supporting people as a, as a coach through grief and loss and being a partner in that, that journey. Um, and so it's the first time, you know, when, when our colleague Frank passed away, um, it's the first time I got curious about my physiological response, my heart pain, my headache. I've recognized them before and I was aware that they had happened, but this is the first time I really got curious. I was like, wait, what is going on? And I learned that those are common responses, you know, and, and it sits with me because it's something so real in your body. Right. And, and, and it's not just the mind and the, and the, and the words you share with others, right. It's so physical. Um, and so there's something really uh that I've been exploring this time I think externally as like and uh, with with people who've shared memories I mean having that time to share those stories to laugh and cry together um and I think because loss has really been such a part of my life journey right now or this life's journey um I've been there so like many times and, and found a lot of solace and just being in community and sharing those stories and laughing and crying together. Um, and also recognize the phases of it, you know, for, for myself. Uh, I like to call the first phase, the haze phase. <laughs> Some people call it denial, but I call it the haze phase where it's, Hey, shit still got to get done. Right. And, and, um, there's a lot of arrangements that need to happen and people that need to be talked to and all of that. And, and, um, and I remember really distinctly one time, uh, my aunt during one of, one of my brother's funerals 
coming up to me and I was like, just in a haze. And I was like, thank you for being here. And she was like, Stacy, like she shook me. Stacy, what do you mean? Of course I'm here. And I was like, right, I'm here too. It was like a, a reminder that I'm physically here too. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if that exactly answers your question, Nick, but uh, I've been just really exploring this in, in so many ways recently, but uh, throughout just many grief journeys. I will remind you both because you both have brought this up before like did that answer your question all of it does <laughs> i may you know it was funny before we hit record we were talking about an upcoming conversation with a guest and that it could potentially go in you know so many different places and my response is that i think method methodologically speaking i don't even know it's a word but i'm fine with those kinds of conversations that's actually when i one of my hopes for for doing this doing this show with you both is these are deep topics, whether it be in the classroom and life itself. I mean, all these things are are not things you can easily have a conversation or you can, but they're usually not the ones I'm excited to have. It's these actually. And um, so the, anyway, short answer to you both is yes, you absolutely answered the question in the way that just feels right. And at the very least invites more discussion which is what this should be it's a form of connection um you know it's interesting i feel like if i had to do a word cloud for the words that people have said this week about our friend but just how they're feeling waves has come up very very often and to, i think the first time though it hit me and i wrote this down on my post-it here but patrice as you talked about waves the physical analogy that came to me is the idea of like being in the ocean the idea that, you know, as those waves come, you know, you fight through them because it's a form of survival. But the second you're coming up for air, that is your opportunity to breathe, it's your opportunity to survive, knowing that the next wave is coming. So there's the anticipation that comes up. So, you know, and I, that analogy always probably held up. It's just today's the first time where I'm like, I can actually like both physically experience that, but then also like be peaceful with the fact that like it's in the space between those waves that we have a chance to, you know, to reconnect with life, reconnect to the fact that we are alive. And that's important because to the person who's, you know, who's transformed to us. And I, I'll get to that analogy next. Cause I, I really like that one too, but that's what they would want. You know, it's meant to be about taking that deep breath between those moments. Um, you know, and as far as the idea that, you know, as, as forms of energy, like that, yeah, death is transformation. Like it's, yeah, I, I've said that a little bit differently to people. Um, you know, my, a later question I'm going to ask you both is this idea of the new relationship that we have through grief. Cause I also believe in the idea that your, your relationship with someone transforms. You go from text messages and phone calls to handshakes and the hugs and everything so what does the relationship become? Because that's the invitation, right? You know, we have services coming up, you know, and that could be it for some. Or it's the next step of what your relationship with this person becomes, this force of energy that that we call Frank. Anyway, um, now we've been talking about this, you know, from the personal perspective, but I want to switch gears a little bit to what happens when in... in in the professional space, in the sense that, and that you were both alluding to this, Patrice, you started off by talking about the fact that, you know, even without prompted that 
you know, you go into a mode of, you know, wanting to be supportive of others. And Stacey, you were talking to this as well. So I'm going to take the invitation from that and talk about, you know, in addition to us, we have seen, I thought about, you know, some of the um, school communities that I, I support. And, you know, over this past year, there's been at least two, I think two or three situations where I've encountered where a school has lost someone or a, per, or a person I'm working directly with has lost someone. And you get into a mode of, you, you know, you try to be supportive and you try to say, you tell yourself like what feels right and what is the, you know, how best to sort of present yourself in that moment. There are no easy answers, but Stacey going to you first here, because you've had to live this actually this week, you know, as a leader, you know, you're receiving people in that form, right? Patrice, this holds up for you too, just in the different spaces you're in, you know, but Stacey, when you have to sort of be in that lens of, you know, being the receiver of emotion, being the person that people, whether they realize or not, are leaning on to try to make sense of what they've experienced. Again, this is doubly hard because you live in this too. You knew this person, but asking you to sort of change roles to sort of look upon others, um, you know, what, what practices do you engage in? What, what do you find most helpful when having to be, to be someone that people can, you know, be able to find, find comfort in when they are addressing loss? You know, I, I think it, it's funny. I mean, you, you asked this question, but I think what I really draw on are the same practices I draw on every day. Um, because a lot of times I'm a receiver of emotion for people, um, in, in various capacities, um, being a mother, being a wife, being a coach, um, being a daughter of two parents that lost two children, right? Um, just in, in so many aspects, I think that I have always been curious about emotion period and making space for people to explore that and I remember when I was quite young my mom you know said is we give what we can and in some ways I think I've built some things that are not super healthy <laughs> around that idea but in other ways I think that really at my core helps me think about, well, I can give this, I can stand with this person. And what allows me, I think, to do that is my continual exploration of, of myself and, and where I show up and what my barriers are and, and what are the things I need to continue to grow through. And um, I have a practice in the morning that, you know, one of my friends gave me a long time ago, intention cards. And I just, I love them. And I pull them, you know, each morning and I really sit with the word that I pull. And it's interesting you're asking me this question today because today I pulled support. And, you know, it, it's a word, you know, it's a, it's a good word for today. I think the delicate balance though of leading an organization through and with grief um, and, and other things, right? Actually, I've led this organization through, gosh, so many different losses at this point and moments in history that are quite terrible, right? And continue to be terrible. And I think um, what, what I've learned is 
the balance of making space and doing the work that needs to continue to be done, right? And and helping others identify what's the space they might need to take while also holding the um, energy and efforts of prioritizing the things that need to get done. And I think, you know, that's a, that's a strength of mine of being able to identify those priorities, right. And being able to name like, oh, these things can wait, but these things actually we need to move on and who is ready and able to do that. Right. And, and really asking that space, asking that um, when we're in spaces together, what are the priorities? Can we move together? And if you need to go, go. Right. Um, and I think that that's been my practice thus far yeah I think um a somewhat similar thing is true for me um I am often that person in my circle both professionally and personally um and and, and as I said earlier it's it's just in my nature to be a receiver for people or as I said a soft place to land for people um, and so it, to me, it is just about honoring where people are and helping them to, to navigate that space wherever it is and to ensure that they're not, because oftentimes when we're in these spaces of things like grief or emotions like grief, there are so many other emotions that can come up. Um, you know, people can become apologetic or feel shame or, you know, rage even. There's just a lot of different things that can come up. Um, so I think it's it's important, at least for me in, in the positions I've sat in and situations I've been in to just honor the different things that are coming up and to help people to feel okay with whatever that is and to make sure that they're not causing any harm to themselves and or to other people around them um, as a result of those things that might be coming up, you know, I think, and when I say harm, I don't necessarily mean like physical harm, but just uh, the idea that, you know, some people might beat themselves up, you know, over whatever it is that they're feeling. Um, and I just think it's important, uh, just, you know, emotions in general, it's like the the thing that uh, one of the many things that ties us together as human beings it's part of our human experience. And I think oftentimes, particularly in a professional space, we're taught to kind of like push them to the side, you know, it's per professional, it's not personal. And it's kind of weird, you know, I get it to a certain extent, but then in, in another regard, it's like, yeah, but I'm a person. When am I ever not a person? <laughs> um, just because I'm in a workspace, I no longer get to be a person. This is weird, you know? Um doesn't mean that, you know, we just kind of like let go and like we, we have no boundaries. But uh, at the same time, I think it's just it really just comes down to something we talk about often, which is just honoring humanity and being um, and being a reflection of that as much as we can as well, particularly in these like trying times where grief is 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 present. I think this week it's definitely been for me of sort of like bearing the news and then giving space for people to just be where they are with it. And it's interesting because in coaching, I see this often, you know, when I, if someone is 
wherever someone wants to be. And if they anticipate being quote unquote negative, they'll apologize in advance and say, well, you know, Nick, I don't mean to do this. And I always, I I've, I've said the phrase, it's a phrase I say often about just be where you are with this. And it's true both personally and professionally. Um, and it's maybe because I've like toughened up enough doing this work for so long that wherever someone is, you just, you just accept it. And it's to build off the concept of personal. I think for me, I like the idea of like when people talk in that way, like the way it lands on me is this idea of um, I recognize it's not about me in this moment. You know, this week I've, I've run into, as you both have, as you've had these conversations, like a range of emotions from people. And probably the most stark, I think, was a, a friend of mine who who's a, who's a superintendent and like he just started cursing. I, I mean, I've run into like a range of anger and just like shock. This was the one where it begins with him just like sort of muttering like, no, no. And then just like screaming into the phone. And and you're just sort of bearing witness to someone at their most raw. And all you do is just remain silent. Like it's the idea of being present, I think. And because inevitably there's just sort of that explosion. And then so you're left with where you are. And all you do is just sort of you're, you remain peaceful. I think there's something here about. Um, yeah, I think being present for others, but then also and constantly reminding people like there is no wrong answer to this. There's no bad way to react to this so you know i'm here to i'm here to witness all of it um and then what comes next is the invitation for that person like how can you know what if anything you know do you need do you need for me um so i sat with that but of course i said at the same time that you know, throughout the week you get to a point where you know it just where it just wears on you in the sense of like you've had to serve in that way and it's interesting because it's not there's nothing it's the idea of like it's been a physical experience but not in the way that and you both have been referencing sort of a westernized definition of of grief and um emotion westernized in the sense that we downplay you know we try to categorize it we don't associate it in the same way with physical pain as evidenced by the fact that only recently are we more comfortable talking about the value of mental health alongside, you know, physical ailments. Um, whereas there are other parts of the world where it's just, it's just, this is a given, like it's, it's a pain regardless of where it emerges from. And, you know, the way you address it is no different than other forms, but, but yeah, there is something here in the West that is for some un, unknown reason, maybe it could be known if I thought about it long enough, but, we don't give it the same kind of space. Um, having said all that, though, now comes the other, the interesting side to this. This is the side that I think that often doesn't come up nearly as much. You know, when we talk about these ideas of, of quote unquote, moving forward, you know, these ideas of sort of, you know, say, I like the way you talk about like stuff's got to get done, right? Reality. The couple reality with Patrice, what you talked about before of transformation. And on this show, we talk often about transformation. We talk about that from the lens of, of change in what we call education, what we call school, the promise that it can be. So 
we think about, we've spent the last few minutes here talking about when it lands on us, what can we do for others? But now we talk about recognizing the opportunity for a, a new relationship, a new relationship with, and it's interesting because, I mean, we could talk about this from a sense of people, but Patrice, you talked about loss at the start about that this experience of grief happens in so many forms, everything from losing a job to, you know, a relationship ending and like, it's all real. It's all something you feel in this case, in terms of a person no longer physically being with us, but there's something about, and my mind drifts to star Wars. As you said, this idea, like energy never disappears. It simply transforms, you know? So as you said, I'm left with, well, then he's in his newest form. He's still here. <laughs> In the right, so what is my invitation? Is what do I want? What do I want to do with that? And it's funny you said it because I've said this to someone earlier this week, and she has said this often how much she appreciates me saying this to her. But the idea of so, what relationship do you now want to have with this person? Because you can take the out, you can say, Well, he's gone in one form, sure, but it doesn't the story doesn't end here, doesn't have to. So, Patrice, to you. When you think of that concept, because you brought this forward, I'm going to just you know tap into you for this. When you think of the idea that energy transforms, our relationship with a person can transform. Can you extend that analogy further and tell, take us through what the invitation could be for a renewed relationship or in a evolved relationship with someone who's no longer with us? Yeah. So I, as I mentioned, um, Part of my spiritual practice includes uh, ancestor veneration. So for me, it's a very tangible thing because we have uh, shrines and spaces, ceremonies, rituals, various practices that help us to maintain that connection. Um, and so we keep the spirit of that person alive through those things. So it's like, you know, I know that my grandmother loved a good cup of coffee in the morning. So I may just make a cup of coffee and not even drink it. It's not mine. It's hers. I just in her honor. You know, I know some of my great uh, grandparents loved a shot of gin. So I may just get some gin and pour out some gin for them. Um, you know, I mentioned my aunt passed away. She was my youngest, uh, my mother's youngest sibling. Um, so it was very, very um, kind of like this uh, grief situation we're, we're in right now, very uh, surprising. Um, and she died very quickly from colon cancer. Um, but I live in her home now. And for me, I get to celebrate her each and every day by upkeeping her home, you know. Um, so there's just a lot of different ways, I think. And, and when I think about Frank, we have, I think, the honor of working at Educate to continue this, his legacy, basically, through through this work, through this organization, you know. Um, and that, to me, is, is when you can ride those waves and find those moments. I think that's the beauty in it, is that we have this opportunity to honor who he was and who he'll continue to be through, through this work and through this organization that he co-created. Yeah, I think, you know, Patrice was talking earlier about the energy that sort of surrounds us, right, of, of these people in our, that have been a part of our lives, right, a part of our being, whether very close or, or even further out, but 
it all kind of becomes a part of who we are. And I often will, um, there's a couple different practices that I engage in around the full moon or, or meeting the earth um, personally. But I also think um, writing has become a big way that I like to connect with people. Um, once in a while, I will write to someone. I know, you know, and, and I imagine what they might write back. <laughs> and um, I like to do that. Um, so, so I have a couple of folders just in my uh, Google Drive that are for that. Um, and oftentimes it is just some random, you know, uh, thought or connection, or, um, I'll find myself doing the dishes, having a conversation in my head with someone that is, has passed, uh, into either a new spiritual form or to a new spiritual place, whatever you might believe. And just really thinking of, of, of them and that sort of dialogue we might have or or even a moment we might have shared you know and, and cherishing that experience together almost like reliving it or or living it again and living it differently um even though they're not physically present um and actually my daughter on monday night looked at me and said i know you're so sad but frank is still here he's all around us and he is watching loved ones. And then she touched my heart and he will always be here. And it was very precious and sweet. And, um, and it was just so beautiful to hear how she is connecting uh, with, with death and, and loss of, of loved ones. I think I've been receptive to, not think, I know I have been, to just sort of like little quirks, I think, in the universe, <laughs> you know, you know, seeing the kids argue with one another earlier this week or taking cues. I fell asleep next to my youngest, I think Tuesday or Wednesday. I was just shot. So I put her to sleep and I normally get up and you head off to my room or get back down in the living room or, you know, go somewhere and read or something. But it's like, just fell asleep next to her, you know, and, and I felt like I was like, it's a little nudge of like enjoy these moments, you know. Um, I haven't decided the relationship yet. I'm blessed in the fact I say this because I was raised in a home where this was a given. Like at a very early age, I I, I learned that maybe either through the idea of reincarnation or you know other other spiritual values from my family that like there is a relationship with those who've departed like the concept of gone is not but it's somewhat foreign to me so i'm very fortunate that way because you can be you can be in a situation where that's not and then you've had to you actually have to learn that that is an opportunity you know so Patrice, i appreciate you putting language again to that so yeah i'm i'm still in discovery of it um which i think is an awesome thing you know i think I think what I said yesterday, I think it was like I was channeling, you know, I was channeling Frank a little bit because I would go from like having an emotional experience or sort of talking to someone or whatever. And then you kind of just put your head down, kind of keep going about things. And I actually texted that to a mutual friend of ours yesterday, who's an executive coach who um, 
you know, had, you know, given us a, like an assessment to learn our sort of communication styles. And, you know, I texted her back and said, yeah, that, that, that would be him. <laughs> and, you know, she chuckled because, you know, um, like, cause she understood that. So I think who was I doing this with yesterday? Oh, you know, I was talking about this with some other, other members of the team. And I looked at, um, you know, Frank's Gallup strengths. We talked about like where the talent of learner shows up a lot in his work at educate everything from like tinkering with things. It's a thing you would do often. Anyway, I guess I say all that is because the relationship I think I'm starting to form is like, you know, what elements of that sort of appear in me? Because I think there's a lot of similarities between our, our talents a lot. So it's like being okay with that, you know, and honoring it. And then there's just on the personal side, like sports, like we talked often about football and, you know, being able to be feel very blessed that I got to like, we found something that was just for us. So like, I get to always have that. So, so I think that's really cool too. But, but in, in sharing this conversation today, hitting the record button for you all today, it's, it comes to the idea of that while the three of us, you have a particular person in mind for those listening, it's may, it may well be the same person, by the way, but even if it's not the idea of listening to others, process grief, share the relationship with grief and share the relationship they look to forge with someone who's merely transformed, I think is an awesome invitation. And I'll be selfish when I say this. I think some of my favorite, you know, radio programs, podcasts I've listened to, it's just that it's just open conversation about where people are. Actually, I will share with this for listeners. One of my favorite shows, a show that I've always found really inspiring was the show Stepping Out. Stepping Out is an actually recorded AA conversation. And sometimes it would be NA as well. And people gave permission. Obviously, it was never video. So all you ever heard was the person's first name, and they would share their story. And it was just that. And I don't know why. It used to be on late Saturday nights, and I would catch it on the radio. And I always thought that was, it was amazing to be able to hear where people are and what they're going through, because it was real. It was authentic. And I think if anything, any conversation I always like having is, is about that. It's truly where people are and what people really want to talk about. You know, it's funny because obviously I do another show about like news and commentary and, you know, there it's a little bit different because, you know, you kind of, it's not that you play pretend, but like there's reasons why things happen, but, you know, for obvious reasons, you can't necessarily sort of put on the table, or at least I try not to like, of course these things happen because it comes down to money, it comes down to power, to influence. Did I say money? Like all these things, but you kind of have to play a little naive when you t- discuss this, especially with people who come on camera. But here, I don't have to do that. This is real. This is death. This is education. This is this is what we get to talk about to to share with all of you. It was my intended purpose that if I'm going to do this program, wherever the conversations go, and I go back to what Stacy said about the guests that we'll have um, coming coming up in the next week or so, I don't care where the conversation goes. I truly don't, as long as it's authentic, because I think that's it's about people, and it. At the end of the day, when you talk, when you're doing a show rooted in children and education, you're talking about some of the most authentic stuff that you can possibly witness. Sometimes within the confines of a structure that doesn't necessarily feel based on its intentions or authentic, but the people that are affected certainly are. Out of this conversation today, resources, materials to help others 
build their relationship with grief as well will be offered. But our intention today was just to take you all under the tent where your hosts are, are at right now. But what people are all experiencing in some form. So I thank you all for listening today. Um, if you're, you know, we always try to leave our episodes with a little bit of hope. And what I will offer here is that what, what my friend Patrice said at the start of um, things transform, things evolve. And that's what we've always talked about here. Um, Stacy and Patrice, I will go to you both as we start having closing thoughts before before I hit the button on my computer. Uh, Stacy, to you first. Yeah, I wanted to connect to, you know, just last week, uh, a bill was passed in New Jersey to include grief and loss in to New Jersey's health and physical education curriculum. Um, and I think that is really forward thinking and really important. Um, as we've talked about a lot of these things and um, the ability to kind of recognize signs of grief, get the support you need, get some coping ideas and and things. And um, so it'll be really interesting to see how that rolls out. But some of the startling details they shared around, or statistics rather, like the number of students and people that experience loss of parents or siblings in the state and nationally is higher than you think. So I think this to me is like acknowledging as we talked about that, like how do you separate personal and professional? Similarly for students, how do you separate personal and being a student? And I think this is a, a nod toward that acknowledgement of well, you can't. So let's support students in this reality that they might face and experience. Stacey, as you were talking, I was trying to start to do the search of like where you know news articles, materials. So afterwards, I may if there's something you can share along, we can just link it to the doc and then we'll bring it over to the episode notes. Patrice, final thoughts as we um as we end the record button, but the conversation never really ends on this show. Yeah, I just I, I appreciate just our ability to have this space, you know, um, and the, our ability to go, you know, beyond just quote unquote education is it, it really is all learning, right? Isn't it? When you think about it. Um, but I, I, I hope that this conversation has helped our listeners and especially those who may be going through grief now and understanding that grief is really a journey that goes beyond just the moment of a person's transition, right? I'm, st I, I still have moments to this day. And, you know, a lot of the death I've experienced have, has happened many, many years ago at this point. So um, yeah, I appreciate both of you. And I, I hope our listeners have, have found some, some solace in, in taking part in engaging our conversation. I'll also offer in, as we come to a close, recognizing that Sometimes we can get in our own way about the relationship we have with grief. And I say that to say that sometimes we can feel really alone and that we're not sure if it's okay to reach out, to put out there where we are. Um, and we feel the need to sort of sit with it. And I would encourage anyone to, if that's the story you're telling yourself, try and find opportunities to those who, those who are real, those who are truly the most valuable people in your lives are the ones who are there to hear this. If it feels like something that you prefer not to have to sit with, seek them out because it's those folks who will always have the invitation to, to be there for you. Um, I will offer that. I say this 
partly as a man because we struggle with this mightily that we suck basically at forming circles and addressing this um and that is something and i say all this because i learned this in a men's group that I was a part of years ago like yeah we don't build community around grief and sadness and we often feel the need to sit with it and that we perceive ourselves as having to you know deal with this on our own and that's a missed opportunity and if you you know something else you could be educated here too is that this is not something that as men we need to avoid or feel you know the need to um not embrace for whatever societal reasons there are the beautiful thing is that the world keeps changing and what we define as gender gender roles is all evolving and i would invite you all to step out of that story you're telling yourself if you want to reach us out to here you know at the educate us show at gmail.com go for it um if you know any of us personally you just want to reach out that way great linkedin twitter however you find this um but i would invite you to not as my friend who used to co-host that space would say do not stay in your cave there is no need to have to do so so i leave that thought with you all as always thank you for listening show notes will include resources um we hit the record button but the conversation never ends thank you all